0: Good morning, church. How are we doing today? It's good to see everybody. I got to give this microphone to Jessica because the battery went down. Here we go. How about a round of applause for Jessica? (laughs) Those of you that know me, you know I'm such a sports aficionado. I hear it's a great day to be a Kentuckian, right? I don't know why, but that's what I hear. It was like a miracle or something happened yesterday. Jeff said, "You got to talk about that." I said, "I do." Okay, give me the word. So that's what I remember that he told me. My name is Kent. I'm the senior pastor, and it's good to see all of you. If you're a guest, uh, you can't tell. We like to have fun around here, but we like to serve and worship Jesus, and that's why we're here today. And uh, so we're not starting a new sermon series today. We're going to start one next week. So I got what I call a one-up service. And I, I thought, what about what am I going to share today? What you know? And I prayed and asked God to give me a passage of scripture and. And so today we're going to go back in the Old Testament. I love the Old Testament. And I love to study the Old Testament. I like to read it and and, and delve into it really deep. Um, And today we're going to take a passage of scripture out of the book of Joshua. And we're in Joshua chapter 4 and uh, 421 through 22. Here's what it says. In the future, when your descendants ask their fathers, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed Jordan on the dry. That's good right there. Let me pray over this and then we'll get started. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your scripture. Thank you, Lord, for the encouragement that we find when Holy Spirit speaks to us through this and gives us comfort and peace. God, today I pray for the gift of preaching, not for my glory, but for yours. I pray your word goes out and I pray, God, that at the end of the day, when we put our heads on the pillows, we say it's been a good day and that we've heard from you. So we pray all this in the precious holy name of Jesus and everybody together said We all have things in our lives that we remember. Um, The ability to remember is a wonderful gift that God's given us. And uh, in a flash, you can think back about something that happened in your life, a fond memory maybe, or maybe the Sunday you got baptized. Or uh, For me, I remember that. I remember the morning that I accepted Jesus into my life, and that's a wonderful memory. Memory is a wonderful thing. There are also practical things because, They're necessary to keep us uh, from getting in trouble in cases, you know, like if you forget what a red light means, that could be chaos, right? But even something could be more dangerous if you forget your wife's birthday. Anyway, sometimes uh, we forget things, though. I heard a story about a man named John who uh, had a horrible memory, and uh, John ran into his old friend Bill. John asked Bill, he said, hey, Bill, do you remember what a bad memory I had? And Bill said, yes, John, I remember that. And John said, well, I went to this incredible memory seminar. It taught me how to remember things, and now I have a great memory. And Bill said, well, what was the name of the seminar? And John said, well, wait just a minute. My wife went with me, and I'll ask her. John turned to his wife, but then he turned back to Bill, and he said, what's the name of the flower with long stem, thorns, and red bloom? Bill said, you mean Rose? John said, yeah. Hey, Rose, what was the name of that seminar I went to? get these right but i ain't telling no and and the memory is a good thing and, and as humans we're forgetful uh, we need things sometimes to jog our memories when we have moments in our lives that are special moments that are that'll jog our memories and and hold to you know something that, that gives us hope now the, the passage of scripture that we read is in the book of joshua uh, and, and the backdrop of this is that in the old testament god made a covenant with a man named abraham and Abraham, you know, was older and, and he didn't he didn't understand it. But by faith, Abraham followed the Lord. And and you read the story and you see that God built a people and the people, you know, followed him, and, and Moses was called, and, and I think Moses was baptist because he did everything he could to try to get out of that, you know, leading them out of Egypt. But he did, he led them out of Egypt, and, and there was a story in this where they came out of Egypt and they came up to this place called the Red Sea. And y'all seen the movie, right? And and it and gets up there and he's standing there, and there's the water. And here's the Pharaoh with all the army coming after him, and he doesn't know what to do. And so he's in a predicament here. And and the story goes that, that he prayed to God, and God said, take the rod that's in your hand and lift it up. And he lifted it up, and the water parted. And the Bible says that they parted on dry land. What a beautiful story. The story that we're talking about today is the descendants of those folks. It's another generation, because that generation wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. Anybody done any wilderness wandering wandering in your life, in your spiritual life? There's a paradox here. You can see how things. But anyway, this is another generation that we're reading about. They get up to the place where they can cross into the promised land. And it's an interesting thing. I think we have a map on this. So you see the Dead Sea there, and then they come up on the right-hand side, and those red dots, they get to that, that river right there. And Jericho's on the other side, and they're standing there, and it's at flood stage. And they don't know what to do. And so they began to pray and God does a miracle here and he stops the water. And the, and the Bible says that the Lord will do wonders among you. That's what he told them. He said he will do wonders for among you. And and the same God performed both of those miracles. Parting water. The Hebrews did not know what lie ahead when they got to this point. Uh, they didn't know what was they knew there was a city on the other side. They'd heard the stories about the spies and that's one of the reasons that the generation before them didn't go forward was they were afraid. Um, you know, and, and you could see how this was happening, but God was performing miracles. And so when He says, What do these stones mean? I want to tell you something. Here's what it means It means He's telling them that this is a thing where you can look back and remember what God has done. You know, as we go forward, sometimes it's important that we look back and we're reminded of what God has done. Psalm 77 says this I will remember the Lord's works. Yes. I will remember your ancient wonders. I will reflect on all you've done and meditate on your actions. One modern Christian writer says it like this. A powerful motivation for believing God in our present situation is intentionally remembering how he's worked in our past. You may be here today and you may be looking at something in the future. In fact, I would say probably most of us are looking at something in our lives. And we're dealing with things, and if not, it will come, where you'll be dealing with a situation, and you wonder, how am I going to get through this? How am I going to deal with this? This passage of Scripture is something to give us hope because he's reminding us to look back. You look back in your life, and I believe that everybody that's in here probably could share a story about how God delivered them. And it's a marker that changed something in your life. Yesterday, I had a marker happen in my life. I was at the hospital visiting with one of our members. I'll come out of the room. I visited with two, actually, and I went down on the, the floor, down the next floor down. I came out of the room, and I was walking down the hallway, and there was a lady coming toward me in a wheelchair. And the nurse was with her. It was physical therapy, and the nurse was with her. And as I passed her, I said, good morning, have a nice day. And I walked on, and if you've been in the hospital over there, it kind of curves to the left, and I curved around to the left, Pushed the button for the elevator, and I heard that lady say, who was he? And I heard the nurse, I couldn't hear what she said, but anyway, the nurse said, you know, or the lady said, I wish I could find a priest or a pastor that could pray the Lord's Prayer with me. Elevator door opens, I go in, and I thought, did I hear that right? Nah. She said, priest. I pushed that button, and God is my witness, that door wouldn't shut. to me you're talking to me I went back down there and I walked up and I said to the nurse I said ma'am I think I heard her say she would like for someone to pray with her a pastor or a priest I said I'm a Baptist pastor and I would be honored to pray with her and the nurse looked at me I had on a Harley shirt she went like this (laughs) and she said man I'm glad you're here and I knelt down beside that lady And I had a blessing that ran me the rest of the day. That was a marker for me that every time I get off that elevator, I will remember those stones of that button number that I got off on what floor it was and that lady that day. Turns out I knew her pastor. He's retired. I called him and I said, hey, buddy, I ran into this lady and blah, blah, blah. And so he's going to check on her tomorrow. God does things like that in our lives. He's, He's done it here in this story. We see it happening. We need to open our eyes and look for those things. Thank you for the Holy Spirit that spoke as I was trying to close the elevator door, and the nudging. So this story goes on that we're to remember, and it talks about the story in Joshua 3:17. It says, "The priest bore the ark across of the covenant, and the Lord stood firmly on the dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all of Israel was passing over the dry ground until the nation finished passing over the Jordan." See, the river was at flood stage, just like the Red Sea. God opened the waters said what do these stones mean now here's something that's interesting as they went through the water and i'll get to this again i'll read it again but god told them to go back to 12 12 tribes representatives from each of the 12 take rocks out of the bottom of that water spot there that riverbed take them out and stack them up there were rocks all over the place over there but these rocks were different because they were rocks that had gone through the water come on you with me they knew those rocks were different and when they stacked them up the kids would know and it would be a testimony You see, when we talk about what do these rocks mean, I believe there's a couple things we can take away from it. Number one is that those rocks represented it's all about God. It wasn't about them. God had called them to a place. (laughs) When God calls you, you better go. He was calling them to a place. It was a place that looked impossible at some point. But God made the impossible possible. And I want to tell you something, he's still doing that. He wanted them to remember. He was true to his promise. In chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, it says this. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take the 12 men from the people, from each tribe, a man, and command them, saying, Take 12 stones from out of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them at that place. Joshua instructs them to go back and get this, and get those stones. He knew there would come a day when the children would ask, what do they mean? Let me ask you something. What stones are we laying down today with our families and with our children? Symbolic stones. What are we teaching them? The story goes on. In verse 6 it says, what's the story of these stones? Look at this verse 7. It says, then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off. Because they'll ask. The waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. Off, so the stones shall be to all people of Israel a memorial forever, not just to the children of Israel, but to all people. We sit here today in this place. We look around. Wow, how blessed were we? I understand this sanctuary was built around 1970. Is that right? Yeah, this atrium out here was built a few years back. You know what those are? What those are? What these things are? These are stones that represent people who were obedient to follow the leading of the Lord, who had a vision to share the gospel message in a church in Boone County. And when we come in this place, it's a blessing for us to recognize that we are part of something bigger than ourselves. And that the stones are important to remember. To look forward, that God's got us going forward, but to look back to remember that he was there. As we sit here in this place, we see that, that God was building a people This church is 176 years old. Uh, Last year we celebrated, we showed pictures, we even opened up a uh, time capsule. And no doubt there were times when they were doing all these things in the history of this church, right, Brother Harold? When the water was up over the bank, maybe, spiritually speaking. But God was faithful, wasn't he? God was faithful and he will be faithful. And we remember those stones. The church, just like the children of Israel, were people, were human beings, but there comes a time. There comes a time in our lives when we have to buy in. You know, I, I think about this. Here you got these people. God's calling them to go to another place. They're complaining. They want to go. They want to get out. They get out, and God shows them a miracle, and they're they're wandering around out there. And then God says, I'm going to take you on in. They go over there and say, we can't go in there, man. These people are like, you know, they're huge. We're just little people. We can't take on this. Anybody relate to that? God leading you to something. I can't do this, man. That's too big for me. Amen. It's getting quiet now. Yeah, I mean, that's what God does. He stretches us. I got one of the men in the church here. He says, Kent, I'll ask him to do something. He'll go, you're stretching that rubber band again on me. And I said, well, that's okay because God's, you know, going to use you. But the children of Israel, typical human beings, get out there. They left Egypt, right? They were complaining because they were there. Then they get in the desert, and they're out there, and all of a sudden, what happens? They're on their way. God's promised to take them to a place, and they get out there. What happens? They start complaining, Jim. They said, we'd have been better off to stay in Egypt. I'm glad we don't complain today in the church. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. People are people, aren't they? But God stayed with them. God stayed with them. It cost them a little bit. It cost them 40 years, and that generation didn't get to go in, but the next one did. And those stones were a reminder of what God was doing, not just for this generation, but for the one to come. And you know what? He's doing that in our And you're part of this. You're part of something bigger as a child of God. And yes, there are Red Sea experiences in our lives in there. There are things that seems like we can't get through them. Well, guess what? We probably can't on our own. In fact, I know there's some things that we can't get through on our own. But with God's help, you can do this. The moral of this story is is that these stones are placed here to remind them. So as you go forward and you hit the the wall maybe and, and things aren't going just like you thought they should, I love what Danny says. We go on these trips, Kent. You told me when we go on these trips it wasn't going to look like I thought. He said, I didn't know it was going to be like this, though. I mean, it doesn't even look resemble it at all. And sometimes that's what happens. God works. And sometimes in the church, it doesn't look like what we thought it was going to look like. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. But something bigger. Something bigger. And so the, the the moral of this is they had to be obedient to God and what he was calling them to do. And it may not look like what they thought it was to look like because it wasn't about them, it was about God. And That's where we need to start. That's where we need to start with everything in our lives. It takes a step of faith. And faith is trusting God. It doesn't mean that we just sit here, but it means we trust God and we follow his leading. There comes a point in our lives where we say, I'm either going to buy in or I'm not. Listen to this story. There's a book out called The Case for Faith by Lee Strobel. I'm sure many of you have read it. If you haven't read it, it's a wonderful read. But he tells the story, Lee Strobel tells the story in this in this book about a 30-year-old preacher that was getting ready to preach what he considered to be a major crusade. He was going through school at the time. And, 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 and despite his calling, the preacher was wrestling with doubts. Now, I don't know how many of you have ever been through college but sometimes when we go in through college and we get into higher education, I'm not opposed to that. Please don't misunderstand. I think we should do that. But sometimes things can get challenged, right? And so you have to buckle down and really dig a little deeper. And, and so this gentleman was, was struggling with, with things that were going on. He was wrestling with his da- with doubts. He doubted whether or not he could trust what he read in the scriptures. He doubted, you know, what was happening here. And, he, and people were raising questions about the Bible. And he was struggling with philosophical and psychological questions that people would confront him with. You ever have those days? You ever have those moments? But here's the thing. One evening in 1949, that preacher was walking in San Bernardino Valley Mountains out there. He was in the mountains. And after much turmoil, the this story says, and confusion, he knelt down and he prayed. He got on his knees and he prayed with his Bible in his hand. And it said, after much confusion and emotion, he prayed and he said this, Father, I'm going to accept this as your word by faith. I'm going to allow faith to go beyond my intellectual questions and my doubts, and I will believe this to be your inspired word. That man's name was Billy Graham. Wow. You mean Billy Graham had the same struggle I had? What meaneth? He said i'm buying in don't always understand everything i mean here's the thing since when now i'm just a little country boy okay since when is a finite individual supposed to totally understand an infinite individual hmm. i mean god reveals himself to us but but as the heavens are higher than the earth so god's ways are higher than ours it says in isaiah and when he wrote that he was living on what he thought was a flat world he didn't even know it was round Come on. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. What mean if these stones? First thing is it's all about God. The second thing is that there's a mission involved. That's what they meant. There was a mission for the children of Israel. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over so that all the people of the earth may know you may fear the Lord your God forever mission this building this building it wasn't built to be a museum you know uh, somebody came in here to me one day and said you know we're gonna have to replace something we wore that out I said good I hope we wear it all out just keep wearing out with people coming in this church and coming to know Jesus because that's why we're here amen we're here to reach the lost now I'm not talking about abusing and tearing things up that's not what I'm talking about just use when I was learning to play the piano, my mother had to buy a new carpet because my foot on that pedal wore a hole in the floor. She came in here and got on me about it. I said, you wanted me to play the piano? Don't fuss about that. And that's the same way about the church. I pray that God continues to use Burlington Baptist Church and that we have mission and we stay on mission. You see, when they left Egypt, things weren't going to be the same. Things never stay the same. Have you noticed that or is it just me? The older I get, the more I see change. And I'm telling you, I hate change. I think I told you this. Diane, you know, she goes cleaning the house. I can't find nothing for two or three weeks. I have to reorient everything, you know. I heard an old preacher say one time, the only person in church that likes change is the baby in the nursery. (laughs) I mean, we don't like change, but the fact is, Change comes, change came to these children of Israel as they went on their way, but they never took their eyes off, I mean, you know, they kept their eyes on the Lord, they did take their eyes off of him at time, but they kept on the track, they kept going, and that's the way it is with us, we have to keep our eyes on Jesus, in Deuteronomy 1, 6, it says, when they came to Mount Sinai, the Lord our God said to us, you've camped around this mountain long enough, so they come out of Egypt, they go wandering around, they come to this mountain, and they have an experience at the mountain, you know what I mean, everybody likes to have a mountaintop experience, right? It's awesome when you have a mountaintop experience. You know, I want to stay there, man. Church is good. I want to stay in there all day. Well, maybe not all day, but most of the day, you know. They had a good experience at the foot of this mountain. And you know what God said to them after a time? He said, the time has come for you to move. You've camped around this mountain long enough. What mountain are you camped around today? And God's telling you to move. Now, (laughs) I don't like this any more than you do sometimes because it pushes us. God had a purpose for these children of Israel. He had a purpose and a plan. He has a plan in the world, and the plan is a mission. We're called to be missional. That's a term that came into the church about 20 years ago. And that means that we're to share the gospel. We're not to be like a country club exclusive group of people here. We're to be reaching the world. Amen. And that's what they were doing. They were speaking to the world that God was using them. The greatest thing you can learn as a young person is that God wants to use you right where you are. The greatest thing you can learn as a middle-aged person is God wants to use you right where you are. And the greatest thing that you can learn as a senior is that God wants to use you right where you are. I told you about the person that was 84 years old and told me they didn't even know why God left them here on the earth, and I lit her up like a candle. Moses was 80 when he started all this. So that that horse won't ride that you talk about age being a factor. Let God use you wherever you are. Be missional. As a church, we move in the direction that God wants us to go. And sometimes it's not comfortable, but as long as we're doing what God wants, as long as we're doing what God wants, that's what's important. And then the third thing, why are these stones here? Because we must be willing to change. We must be willing. The stones at the Jordan marked the movement of God among his people. The stones gave the testimony to the world of a group of people that were willing to leave what was comfortable and following. To face challenges, to step into the water and believe, what they could not see. That's what Billy Graham did. He came to that point and he said, I'm in. I don't always understand. I'm in. The reality is what God has in store for you and I and where we are now, there may be a few more Jordan Rivers for us. In fact, I'm pretty sure there will be. But here's the thing. Here's the thing. The God of the universe is with you and he's with me as we walk forward. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but it'll be easier with his help. We might not be able to see how God will do it. We might not understand how he's going to do it, but we must trust him and that he is faithful. They testified of the willingness of the people to leave what they had done in order to go with God. Some of them fussed along the way. You know, they fussed a little bit, but they continued on. They stepped into the water, and the water parted. And I love that it says dry land. Dry land. You know how long it takes for mud to dry? Yeah, you try to explain that one. about people that bought in, you say, well, that was them, they're Bible people, I'm just, you know, I'm just who I am, I'm not anything, well, listen to me, these were just common people as well. They were just common people as well, but they listened to the Holy Spirit, the God, what God was saying to them, and they followed him. And if you want to read about these folks, go to Hebrews chapter 11. Matter of fact, that's a homework assignment for those of you that like to read the Bible. Go this week, sometime open up Hebrews chapter 11 and just read that chapter. It's the Hall of Faith. It's an interesting, interesting chapter because it talks about these folks, that we've, the leaders that we've been talking about, and others in the Old Testament, and how they followed God and how they did this. It was by faith, just like what we read earlier. In fact, Hebrews 11, the, ver- the first verse, here's what it says. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of the things we cannot see. The King James says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You know what? I don't know what's coming, but I'm trusting God that he's got tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know who holds tomorrow. Man, there's comfort in that, Bodie. So much comfort in that. Last Sunday morning, I was preaching. I gave the invitation, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I want to talk to you. I turned around and I knelt and prayed on the altar. And I fought that for a little while because I thought, you know, they're going to think I've done something wrong. We're Baptists, you know. The Lord kind of nudged me again and I thought, you know what? You give an invitation every week and you say to folks, if you want to come, you feel led to come and pray, you come and pray. And yet you're fighting this. I knelt down and I prayed. Why am I telling you that? I'm telling you that because God is faithful to us. And it's not about a show. It's about following him. It's about giving it to him and saying, you know what, God, I don't understand, but I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you. Look at this chapter. It says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. What? Man, anybody here organized? Anybody want to know exactly how it's going? Anybody like that? Come on, nudge your husband, you wife. Yeah, sure you are. Some of us are like, got to know. Abraham went and says, and even when he reached the land God promised him, he lived there by faith. He moved on faith. Then when he got there, he lived by faith, for he was like a foreigner living in tents. (laughs) He knew. He he didn't get attached here. And, and, And it says, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Here it is again. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child, though she was barren and was too old. And she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead. our a nation with so many people that like the stars in the heaven and the sand on the seashore, there's no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their stones mean what these stones mean is it's about God it's about God things that we're dealing with in this world yes we have to be responsible yes we have to share the message yes that's our job but it's about the Lord and we need to start with him start with him and share this message what do these stones mean it means we're to be missional people and doing what God wants us to do and it may not look like what we always think it should you know like well I've done this for years this is where I'm supposed to be maybe he's telling you to stretch that rubber band step into something else maybe he's calling you to teach a class maybe he's calling you to join this church maybe he's calling you to step forward and follow him by faith today maybe god's saying hey come to me and the last thing is just like those folks sometimes we have to change we have to be willing to change so what means these stones this next week remember there are opportunities and god will present those opportunities may we be faithful And do what God leads us to do as we share the gospel as we're on this journey to a land of promise as foreigners. Because someday, we're all going to gather home. I can't wait. I used to hear old people say, I can't wait to go to heaven. I think, man, are you crazy? I got a lot of stuff I want to do before I go to heaven. But, you know, the older you get, you kind of think, man, you know, heaven's sounding sweeter all the time. But until then, until God calls me home, we have a mission. We have a mission. Burlington Baptist has a mission. We're to share that message as long as he gives us a breath. And that's my that's my desire, and I pray that that's yours as well. Amen. Pray with me. Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture that inspires our hearts to see people following you in the most difficult of times and difficult situations. In my mind, Lord, when we read these stories, it says to me that it can be done. It can't be done always in our own strength, but it can be done through you and by faith in you. And it may not always be easy, God, but we pray that for each person in this place, as they're going through those things and they're facing those trials, I pray, God, you give them strength. And I pray that their faith grows. And I pray that as a church, we we draw close to you, Lord, and that we stay on mission in the coming days.